I'm Andrew, your host, your chef de cuisine, and father of the bean. This is a podcast in which I make gourmet-ish foods and try to get my picky toddler to eat them. My daughter is two years old, and like every two-year-old, she has turned into an exceptionally picky eater. Uh, When she was a child, she's still a child. When she was a smaller baby, she would eat anything. Anything we put in front of her, she would try. Didn't matter if it was duck liver pate, chicken liver pate, cheeseburgers, beef tongue, you name it, she would try it. And then we got to toddlerhood, along with the tantrums and independence came an apparent inability to eat anything other than grilled cheese, mac and cheese, pizza, and that's it. Sometimes cereal, sometimes. But this is a show in which I will explore the culinary worlds as best I can, given that I am a father of two, a full-time middle school science teacher, and generally exhausted by the birth of our newborn, a month ago. But I decided why not add some more to your plate, Andrew? Oh, magical chef de cuisine. Again, I have no formal chef training. I consider myself a comfort food cook. I make fancy dressed up grilled cheeses, fancy dressed up mac and cheeses. So you can see where the beans palate comes from. I remember when I was a kid, all I would want to eat is microwaved Stouffer's mac and cheese. It's amazing. If you microwaved it right along the edges, it would get some crusty, overcooked, delicious cheese. Why would I want to eat anything else? And I think that's where my daughter, who again, we will call the bean throughout this show, I think that's where she's coming from. And it's hard to argue. I made her this amazing grilled cheese last night. Two types of cheese. It was cooked in ghee with sourdough bread, and I spread avocado and salt on top of it. If she was a little more bougie, I would have put everything seasoning, because that's what's hot with the bougie kids. But uh, unfortunately, the bean is super allergic to sesame seeds. So that's that's off the table. Now, today, we're going to be making one of my absolute favorite dishes. This was a go-to of ours when... The bean was a a small baby, a smaller bean, and we've gotten away from it a little bit. So we're going to make chu chi curry. I first had it from a local Thai restaurant. It was chu chi curry with duck, and I am a fiend for duck. I cannot get enough of it. I'm going to be making it today with chicken, simply because that's what we had at the house. This is one of the best things about chu chi curry. There's many amazing things about chi curry. The first is that it's delicious. Everything I make, I will at least think is delicious. Or at least the description sounds delicious, because I will be making things I've never made before. The second great thing about this is no matter what type of protein you have or like, it goes great in this dish. You can make it with chicken for a simple, lean meal. Uh, You could do it with duck, get a little fattier, a little more oily and a delicious flavor. I've made it with shrimp in the past, which was incredible. You cook that shrimp so it has just the right amount of bite 
and there's really nothing like it. And then a lot of the recipes you see online call for different types of seafood, mackerel, tilapia. I guess you could do a whitefish. I imagine the flakiness, it would kind of fall apart in the broth. I'm going to be doing it over a plate of right rice, which is this really delicious lentil rice, which is higher in protein. But frankly, uh, despite it being healthier than normal rice, I actually find it tastes much better and it's very easy to cook and you don't need a rice cooker. You just boil some water, put it in, cover it, turn the heat off, give it 10 minutes, ready to go. Delicious lentil rice. Everybody's happy. Nobody's crying except for maybe the bean, but there's not a lot I can do about that. She's a toddler. The website that I use for the recipe for the chuchi curry comes from wandercooks.com and I'll put the link to the recipe on the show notes for this episode. It's a good starting point. I think with a lot of these online recipes, they have to bland it down a little bit so that the average home cook enjoys it and isn't blown away by the spice. But we're making a Thai curry and Thai curries should have some kick to them, I think. I remember I went to Thailand with my wife the year before we had the bean, and we had some amazing food, but we kept on ordering medium spice, and the restaurant workers would laugh at us and say, are you sure that's still very spicy in Thailand? I don't think you can handle it. And I said, first, just because I'm pasty, just because... I clearly am sweating in the 95 degree heat with 100% humidity. Doesn't mean I can't handle the spice. So they bring us our food and every single meal I would <laughs> choke down on it, coughing fits, beads of sweat, the whole nine. And rather than your typical uh, American experience at a restaurant where the server just asks how you're doing, asks if they can get you anything, these uh, restaurant employees, these servers in Thailand would make a point of coming up to the table, getting in your face and laughing and telling, I told you so, which to be fair, they did. But also to be fair, I wanted to have my ass kicked. I don't need you then literally rubbing salt in my wound. I'm choking to death over here out of my own choices. I did this to myself. Get out of my face, please. So long story short, I like to spice it up a little bit even if it's on the upper end of what I can handle. For the sake of the bean, I'm going to step it back a little. But I do find with this recipe, again, you can see it in the show notes. They did a great job. So thank you to Sarah and Laura at wandercooks.com. I find I have to add a lot more curry paste than what their recipe calls for. Additionally, the first time I had chuchi curry was from a local Thai restaurant. And I loved it. It was fantastic. And it had such a bright, refreshing flavor to it, despite the, the curry paste. Uh, and I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I loved it. And when my wife and I went to Thailand, I loved so many of the foods. And it was finally my wife who pointed out, I think you love kefir lime leaves. Everything you've ordered that you've said, I love this, this is the best thing I've had, has had kefir lime leaves in it. Sure enough, she was right. I love kefir lime leaves. So I put in a lot more than what the recipe calls for. My wife is a genius. She was the one who diagnosed my lactose intolerance after probably 10 years of me getting violently ill 
just thinking, oh, that's just the way I react to food. Sometimes I just eat too much and my tummy hurts and I cordon myself off in the bathroom for five hours while all my friends hang out. My wife pointed out after about three months of us dating, you realize you're lactose intolerant, right? Every single time you've gotten sick is when we go out to a restaurant and you order lobster mac and cheese or lobster grilled cheese. Uh, or we go out for ice cream and then you curl up in a ball in the back seat five minutes later and ask me to drive you home. It's really a wonder she married me at all. A big old dum-dum who doesn't understand his own tum-tum. Yikes. So enough with this digression about my intestinal lack of fortitude. Let's talk about this recipe. So it's super easy to cook. I will walk you through me making it in the kitchen. However, the audio probably won't be great. It's a big room uh, and I'll be recording on my phone. So why don't I just tell you a little bit about the dish? First, it's very easy to cook. The broth only takes about 10, 15 minutes to make. One of the keys of making Indian or Thai foods as flavorful as possible is heating up your spices and aromatics before you put them in your dish. And it really does add so much flavor as those oils are released. We start off by frying in a uh, hot pan. Well, what else are you going to fry it in? Freaking ice bucket? Yeah, you're going to slap some of that curry paste into a hot pan and fry and gently mix for a few minutes until the fragrance fills up your kitchen. You're, you're not going to be able to miss it. It's going to smell like the best thing you've ever made. And I swear to God, it is going to be the best thing you ever made this time. Every time you cook, it's the best thing you ever made. Then once it is smelling like God's arse, you're going to add in your coconut cream and five times as much kefir lime leaves as you think you should have. I'm using kefir lime leaf powder. If you want fresher ones, you can buy them, you roll them up, and you chop them real small. I prefer the powder because, for one, my knife skills are And two, even when I cut them as teeny tiny as friggin' possible, they still get stuck in my teeth and I can feel them on my tongue and I want the flavor, not the texture. Nobody wants the texture of a leaf. If I wanted the texture of a leaf, I'd make a goddamn gross salad. This is not a salad. This is a chuchi curry. Get those leaves small. You hear me? Don't do that to yourself. You're putting in the time. Take the time to make those leaves as small as possible. Then, after the sauce is heated through, you're going to lower it down to low, uh, a simmer, and you're going to stir in fish sauce and palm sugar. I use coconut sugar. It's what we have on hand, and I love the earthy aroma it has. Every time I cook with it, I honestly, I bury my face in the bag and kind of freaking huff it. So if you come over and I'm cooking for you, if you see me using coconut sugar, know I have been face deep in that bag and you're getting some of me with every bite. Now, I hate it when recipes say cook to taste. If I knew how it was supposed to taste, do you think I'd be cruising Google looking for a recipe? But I made this enough where I know how I like it to taste. So I will throw in some coconut sugar, pour in some fish uh, sauce, 
and I'll do a little mmm, a little tasty taste, and see how I feel about it. Generally, I end up adding more fish sauce, get some of that umami, that savory flavor, until I overdo it. And then in a panic, I add more sugar and more curry paste to try to balance it. And then I start seesawing back and forth, and everything gets out of whack. But the great thing is, Chuchi curry is freaking amazing, and whoever you're cooking it for has never had it before, so they don't know that what you're serving them is not how it's supposed to be. That you were seesawing and panic adding, all kinds of stuff. You were like Emerald in there, having a seizure, just bam, 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 throwing it in the pot and pan. And then you can add some capsaicin, uh, add some pepper. I tend to not because I go so heavy with the curry mix. Now, we still need our meat. The way I cook basically all my proteins is I sous vide everything. I had always wanted to sous vide the first time I'd seen them. The idea of cooking steakhouse quality steaks every time at home sounded like a dream. And unlike, you know, some chest beating Neanderthal, I freely admit that I suck at grilling. I cannot get the timing right. I cannot get a constant level heat no matter what grill I use. It's a personal shortcoming and I'm working on it. If you don't like it, email me. Email the president. I don't care. Google me. Do whatever. But I can't do it. And I want to serve good food to those around me. The other great thing about sous vide, whether you're doing steak chicken, even shrimp. Shrimp comes out perfect if you get the timing exactly right. But with your other proteins, you have a lot of leeway in terms of time. If you get that temperature dialed in just right, and there's guides all over the internet, there's like a a food lab website that I can find the link to and also put in the show notes that has perfect tables to tell you the different textures uh, that your meat will come out at different temperatures and times. But there's a pretty big grace period when you're cooking protein with a sous vide where you're not going to overcook it. You literally can't overcook the meat. You can mess up the texture if you go like 10 hours too long. So, you know, don't drink a bottle of whiskey while you're cooking and fall asleep on the floor. Uh, Try to maintain consciousness and you'll be fine. But it's great for a busy parent. You get perfectly cooked meat, and it's easy. All you need is a sous vide wand, which they're only like 100 bucks now, and a pot big enough to fit your stuff in. And then you can either vacuum seal them or do the uh, water dispersion method using Ziploc bags. I recommend not using Ziploc. I don't know what's in the bags and whether they can stand up to 140, 150, 160 degree heat for extended periods without leaching chemicals into your food. They're supposedly food safe, but they're food safe for storing food, not for cooking food. So to be safe, I buy tested, approved vacuum seal bags. Then uh, when you take out the meat, you can put a sear on it if you want. For this, the chicken's going to be sitting in a broth, so I don't really see the point in it, but I will season the chicken inside of the vacuum seal bag Uh, Even though most of the flavor comes from the broth itself, uh, it would still not be right to not at least salt and pepper the chicken. I'll probably put some garlic powder on there as well. I know it's not 
in line with the cuisine, but I know me and I know my wife and we only taste the absence of garlic at this point, not the presence of it. We load everything up with garlic. We're stinky, stinky people. And that's how we like our food. Again, if you don't like it, don't come over to my house. I didn't invite you anyways. What are you doing here? Did you even knock? How did you get in? This is where my family lives, man. You can't be here. Thank you. Now that you've left my home where my family lives, let's head down to the kitchen and get started with the cooking. Through the power of editing and the magic of podcasts, we're going to boil down two plus hours of cooking to probably around five minutes, and then we'll come back up here and we'll talk about the beans reaction to the food, where we go from here, and I'll have a few choice words for you B&E specialists if I ever see you again. All right. We got the water heating up for the sous vide, which I recommend basically anytime you're cooking a protein, use the sous vide. It, for one, is great for a busy parent. Throw it in, forget about it, get it out a couple hours later. So uh, we got the water heating up. It's got a few minutes to go. It's time to season our chicken breasts and get them in a vacuum bag. Okay, the chicken is in. Uh, we got about an hour and a half, two hours until they'll be ready to go into the next phase of production. And that gives us some time to talk about my absolute favorite part of cooking. And that's the chef snacks. But this is a gourmet podcast for gourmet listeners. So let's gourmet it up. Jerry, can you cue the stinger for snack de chef? Snack time. So, what chef snacks are is I typically am cooking when I'm hungry. I'm starving and I'm ready to go. I need something to eat. And they're the cheeky little snacks that you sneak yourself that nobody else knows about to get you through. And generally, by the time I'm done cooking a meal, I'm too full to eat the meal. So let's talk about today's snacks de chef. Today, I'm having a peanut butter protein bar. I'm having a dark chocolate peanut butter cup. And I'm topping that all off with some leftover Whole30 homemade nachos that I made for dinner last night. So as you can see, by the time we're ready to eat this meal, there's going to be no room left in my tummy. But that is the name of the game when it comes to snacks de chef. All right, the chicken is done. What we're going to do now is we're going to butterfly and cube it. Just a simple cutting job. Even the most basic chef de cuisine like yours truly has the nice skills to get something like this done. Start off by getting the pan nice and hot, throwing in some oil, putting a few tablespoons of chili paste on there and get it nice and aromatic before we pour in the coconut milk and kefir limes. Let it simmer, let those flavors really build on each other. And then we'll add in the fish sauce and a couple more tasty treats. The reason we're butterflying these chicken breasts before cubing them 
is because these are some mega Mark McGuire steroid freak chicken breasts. We were forced last night, we had a lot going on, to do Instacart, which, politics aside, is super convenient. Although, oftentimes, you don't get exactly what you request, which is hard to blame them for. They're working hard. They're, they're doing a lot. And I know when I walk into the store, I can't even find what I'm looking for. And I have the list. I created the list. So, no blame on them. Sometimes you just get something slightly different. Hell, a lot of times when I go to the supermarket, I'll find four out of the five things I'm going for, and then I spend 45 minutes to an hour wandering up and down the aisles until I finally work up the courage to ask someone who works there where the flour is, and for whatever reason, it's in the ethnic food section instead of the baking meats food section. Where's the logic in that? Come on, Shaws. Get at me. Let's work together. Let's make this sensible for dum-dums like me. Well, what do you know? We are out of fish sauce. We've been moving a lot recently. Our life is in a constant state of flux and disarray. And it doesn't look like the fish sauce made the trip with us. Which means I get to go wander up and down the aisles of Shaw's. So... I have that going for me, which is great. One of my favorite activities. Can't wait. Okay, I have the fish sauce. I'm out of stop and shop. Didn't take me 45 minutes, but it took me entirely too long still. I think if I were to design a supermarket, I would probably put the fish sauce next to the other Asian sauces and not say the shelf above the Mexican brand instant coffees and espressos. That's just me, though. I don't work there. Wow. For a 20-minute cook, things got off the rails pretty quickly there. When I got home from the supermarket, the bean met me at home, returning from daycare, and she was, in true bean fashion, an uncontainable, bouncing electric ball of energy. Like flubber picking up speed every time she bounced off a wall. We did her favorite activity, painting, which if you've ever tried to cook food while simultaneously painting with a toddler, it is an undertaking. Then she did her second favorite activity, which is playing in the sink as she cleans herself. I'm beginning to think that the paint is really just subterfuge so she can get into the sink because she will spend two hours in there if you let her. In fact, it's even where she tries to take her meals now. Apples doused under the faucet, mac and cheese soaking wet. She doesn't care. She'll eat in there. With all that going on, I wasn't able to record anymore in the kitchen, but we've covered this recipe from start to finish pretty completely. I have to say, it came out great. Just as I predicted, I seesawed all over the place. Fish sauce, coconut sugar, back to the sauce, coconut sugar, more chili paste, more coconut sugar, more fish sauce, more kefir lime leaves, until eventually I got the flavor I wanted, if just slightly sweeter. But my thought was, at worst, that'll make it more palatable for the bean. So 
We're going to go to some audio in a minute of the bean giving a taste test along with her review of the chuchi curry. You'll notice there is the sound of uh, a downpour in the background. That's because she was eating the chuchi curry, like I said, in the sink, under the faucet, soaking wet, and totally unaffected by it. When we come back from the clip of the bean performing her taste test, I'm going to give you our formal recipe review. However, before we do that, I thought I should tell you how it works. The scale runs from five yums, being the absolute yummiest a recipe could be, a meal could be, all the way down to five yucks, negative five, if you will, which is the absolute yuckiest a meal could be to the bean. I will give you her ranking and I will follow it up with my own ranking. So let's go check in on the bean in the sink. You wanna try it some more? Come here. Have another bite. A little bit. Mm. Daddy likes it. Yuck. You don't like it? Well, there you have it, a resounding yuck from the bean. Given her reaction, the moaning and groaning, I'll have to give that for the bean three out of five yucks. About as yucky as it can get. For me, however, I love Chuchi Curry and I knew that going in. This gets 3.5 yums from the daddy. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review The Bean and Myself on Apple Podcasts. We don't pay for any advertising here on Feed the Bean and rely solely on word of mouth. So please tell your friends and have them take a listen. If you get a listening party together with you and three friends, let me know and I'll record a personal intro made just for you. All I ask in return is a picture from your listening party that I can share on social media. Speaking of social media, be sure to follow us on Twitter at FeedTheBean, all one word, to stay up to date on everything happening in my house with The Bean. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at FeedTheBean to see pictures of our gourmet delectables. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I'm your chef daddy. (music) 